I'm Nana. And I'm Bonkio. And this is African.American. This is a show about immigrants and children of African immigrants living in the United States. That's still not the tagline, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she keeps doing this to me. I don't even know why. It is perfect. That's okay. Is and first gen, just throw that in there. Yeah, she wants to name everybody. I'm just like, <laughs> I just need to make sure I am, you know. Oh, she's well I'm represented. Okay. I'm in it. Today's episode is about the upcoming elections as it relates to children of African immigrants living in the United States. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Ajwa Adofo. Ajwa is a strategic communications and public affairs expert and Capitol Hill veteran who has been tirelessly working to build political capital within the Ghana diaspora through the Ghana Diaspora Public Affairs Collective. Hi, Ajwa. Oh, my dear, please. I have a married name now. Okay, I worked hard for it. Adwa K, you know, Adwa Chebeting. If Drago one works. I apologize. Respect RS. <laughs> <laughs> we have Mrs. Adwa Chebeting. Hi, Ms. K. Hi, nice to see you guys. Nice to be here. Likewise, likewise. So let's just get right into it. Where did you grow up? So I grew up, well, first in New Jersey. Not a lot of people know that I was born in New Jersey. Some people assume that I was born in Ghana, and I just let them think. You, know, you have a Ghanaian oh. accent. You know, yeah, I, I know. I know. Isn't that funny? I love it. <laughs> wow. And I'm not so great with the language, and so they'll just start speaking the language. And I, I just got you yesterday. <laughs> I know. It's okay. I let them go because I'm practicing, so it's okay. I'm a Jersey girl. Then uh, we moved to Philly, outside of Philly suburbs, when I was nine or ten. And then I was, you know, that's where we, I was really raised. But I did spend some time in Ghana when I was young. My mother is a uh, physician and my dad's a pharmaceutical engineer. And at one point they were like, let's just send her to Ghana. You know, I think it was supposed to be for a couple of months and it turned to a, a couple of years, oh, you know. Wow to spend time with my grandmother. And I'm so grateful for that because certainly it was my early introduction into the culture and everything about Ghana and um, has never left me since. We mentioned the that you get caught up with the language. So do you understand it but not speak it? Or is it sort of... Uh-huh. That's a small, small. I understand it small and I speak it small, but... I actually just got off my uh, tree class. Shout out to my tree instructor. I'm working Ooh. on that. So I'll fool you guys. <laughs> you even have the accent down. <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> I'd like to say is this ingrained in me? Maybe it's code switching. I don't know. Mm. But wow. it's, it, it, works, it works for now. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, Nana's been trying to teach me how to say the word tree correctly, and it's hard for me still. (laughs) You just have to go for it. The more you look at it, the more imposing it is. So you just say it, tree, you know, and it just rolls. Yeah, Uh, Some people just can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, we have to be encouraging. Please, please, I beg. That's what I tell her, but... hmm. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> Both of your parents are from Ghana, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. How do you articulate your racial or ethnic identity? How do you identify yourself? You know, I, it's so funny you asked me that because when I was growing up, I was confused. 
I knew I was Ghanaian. That's all. Mm. So to this day, when someone says, oh, where are you from? I say I'm Ghanaian. Um, even though I guess the re- technical term is Ghanaian American, right? Mm. So even um, now, sometimes I switch how I respond to that. But it was funny growing up when I would go to Ghana, because I would go to Ghana every summer um, and spend the summer there until I got older. And then I would just buy my ticket and go every Christmas so I could have my Ghana uh-huh. in December. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, when I was in Ghana, you know, I'm Yankee, I'm Oboni, I'm all this, right? But mm-hmm. when I'm in the States growing up, I was very, oh, you're African. Oh, you're African. So I never mm-hmm. felt completely one way or the other, you know, yeah. growing up. So now, you know, I, it's just what it is. I say Ghanaian, I'm Ghanaian American. I've had the same, a similar experience. When I go back, at least, I feel so out of place because people see, uh, people see you and automatically think, oh, yeah, not Ghanaian. The person is oh, not, yeah. You know, <laughs> so it's like, and then you come here and it's just like you're an African. Yeah. So it's like, which, which bucket do, do I fall into? But you know what? I think, you know, actually, it's become less pronounced than ever these days. I think it's because of globalization and all that. So now I just say, you know, I'm a global citizen, you know. That's a great way to put it. Yes, yes, yes. And one day I hope to be bicontinental. Yeah. That's the dream. From your mouth to God's ears. That sounds like Amen. A, that sounds like a plan everybody needs to have. Uh-huh. Never heard I've decided I could only take one place for too long. After six months in America, I'm like, oh my God, this place. Ah, traffic. Ah, well, no, there's traffic at home. Well, uh-huh. this place. Ah. <laughs> when I'm in Ghana, after six months, I'm like, can't anyone keep an, an appointment? Oh, let me go back home. So, you know, I decided I'll give them each, you know, their time, you know, and then I'll go back and forth. That's what I've decided. That should be fun and interesting. I've always wanted to do that, but I think I can only take Ghana in small doses. (laughs) Yeah. It's so fun. There's a comedian. If I remember his name, I'll I'll send it to you. Um, He has a great bit. He's a Ghanaian comedian, and he came to the States um, about a year or so ago on a tour. And he was amazing because he describes how he came from America. He, he, he had gone to America, I think, to study and then came back to Ghana. And he said, and I came back with my American fire, right, <laughs> ready to get things done. And my fire met with Ghana ice. Right? <laughs> and trust me, my fire did not it's prevail. <laughs> Yo, he was so correct. We cannot force our ways when we go home, right? Yeah. It, and but at the same time, too, we can't let the fire go out either. It's a, yeah. it's rather sort of modifying it. So whatever is in between that fire and ice, maybe a nice yummy slushy, you know, I don't know, maybe some ice kinky. Whatever is between <laughs> that, right, is the proper way because. Um, you have to understand it's just a different pace. It's just a yeah. different approach and all that. But yeah, we, we have to still come with our innovative ideas and things that we're trying to do there at home, for sure. It's a balance of like, what are the, you know, enjoying the good and forbid the bad. What are the things that you definitely want to preserve? Mm. And then what are the things you want to like 
not fix because maybe that's not even the right mindset to come in with right improve <laughs> it's not even improve <clears throat> add to it contribute add. yes yeah Those because right even words. that would then be dismissing a lot of the young ideas that are coming out yeah. from the ground you know yeah. um yet last year i was i had the pleasure of um being invited to speak to so it was yali young african leaders initiative you know mm-hmm. obama's initiative Oh. That has continued in some form, you know, so they have the Ghanaian contingent, a bunch of young Ghanaians who are mostly entrepreneurs or mm-hmm. doing different things in their fields, come to Washington, D.C. And, and visit people. And they decided, oh, we'll have them sit and listen to Adwa talk at the Ghana <laughs> embassy about her career. And um, I was way more impressed by what they had to say. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. each one of them had either their own business or their own project or, you know, or a nonprofit of, you know, trying to solve a problem of some Mm -hmm. sort. Right. And it was just amazing to hear sort of the innovation that can come out of that, especially when you have limited resources. (laughs) Sometimes the better approaches come out of that, right? You know, so anyway, uh, it was just a phenomenal thing. I said, wow, you know, you guys, you deserve this platform. I'm so glad that this initiative continues to exist. There's a lot of innovation coming out of Ghana. It's it's nice to see it. It's refreshing to Mm -hmm. see from the youth. What got you interested in politics? You're you're quite involved. <laughs> what what started getting your juices flowing? What got you interested? Oh, I know, right? I'm cursed, right? Like, oh my gosh, politics? A blessing a- or cursed? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you have to go around and try to convince people to care too. It's not an easy task. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's especially your people. They're like, ah, you mm-hmm. politics. Hmm, okay, <laughs> right? Um, well, it's funny. So I grew up where some. You know, actually, maybe I shouldn't call exposing that one of my parents is potentially maybe a Republican and one of my parents is potentially maybe a Democrat, a strong Democrat. Right. So one of them watches Fox and one of them watches CNN. Okay, And that's what. Yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) That's the environment in which I grew up in where they had just had those different views. And uh, so I would be so interested in this debate and then kind of going back and forth and I will go to, you know, school the next day. And at lunch period, I'm like, do you guys know that? Blah, 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 blah. They'll look at me like, (laughs) what is this? (laughs) What are you talking about? And, you know, that's actually why I had an early interest in journalism because I said, oh, wow, so many people need to know about this. This is an impact them. Why don't more people know? So, I immediately got involved with things like the student newspaper and um, eventually became a political reporter. That was actually how my career started in politics. Yeah. Um, So my my dream when I was young was, oh, I was going to become a White House reporter. So things changed with that. But um, (laughs) normal. (laughs) I I started out my career actually covering politics and one of my first gigs was the Kansas City Star covering city politics. So I covered like city council and stuff. And that's where you get to see the juicy stuff, right? Mm. Like that's before the polish comes, you know, and yeah. the sophistication comes. So you just see them, 
you know, politics at its raw state, I find it fascinating because it is a study of human behavior, right? At the end of the mm-hmm. day, um, it is about how we interact with one another to solve problems and how do we reach a somewhat of a consensus because we all are choosing to live together in a society, right? And right. that's what politics is. It's the, it's it's that back and forth, that human interaction, and someone say even the game of it, right? Um, and then, you know, of course, I like to underline the policy that comes out of that, right? Here are the, here are the good stuff that comes out of that. But um, it, it is a necessary thing, you know? Um, so when people say, oh, I don't want to talk about politics or I don't want anything to do with politics. I have to hold back a chuckle because at the end of the day, it's going to touch you. You know what I mean? Regardless. yeah, <laughs> It's going to touch you. So wouldn't you rather have a seat at the table than, than be the meat on the menu? Personally, mm-hmm. me, I would <laughs> rather be the one holding the fork, you know? Right. <laughs> Obviously, within your home, your parents seem to be have been very politically engaged. What do you think? Do you think the uh, kind of the African immigrant community is engaged enough? You know what's funny? Uh, the African community, you you could throw a rock and hit a political strategist, right? Mm-hmm. How many of your you know aunts, uncles? Moms, pops, your sisters will sit at their dinner table or in their living room and yeah. debate politics and solve yeah. the world's problems right there, right? <laughs> Whether it's on the continent or here. But then they'll say, I don't like politics. So I think there's a bit of a disconnect. There's a dif- disconnect between, um, in our culture, there's a uh, a desire and a love of debate. There's a desire and a love of solving issues. Um, and that goes to, you know, goes back to our culture of, you know, as a village, we communally um, live together, work together, and look out for one another and try to solve problems together. But then there's a disconnect between that and the system of politics, right? And particularly here in the United States, it's very pronounced where um, it is it becomes interloped with a sort of a skepticism of U.S. government, of U.S. politics. And that has unfortunately held our community back from being more involved uh, mm-hmm. And 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 you could look into why, right? Um, concern about um, you know about some sort of consequence happening if you get involved with mm-hmm. politics yeah. in this country, right? So whether <laughs> it is because of your citizenship status or not, or you're concerned about your impact on your business, and that is because you know naturally as immigrants, this is across all immigrant communities, not just African. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you come, um, at first as a visitor, right. And mm-hmm. then you're trying to remove the visitor tag. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so it almost doesn't feel like, well, I'm still waiting for my invite to the table. You come to somebody's house and you're waiting to be invited to sit down and then you're eating the food, but you don't want to then tell them that the food isn't good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what it is about, you know, what us getting involved with politics we're here now, we've been here for some time, but now we have to tell them that the food isn't good, right? And here's yeah. how we suggest. And we have to get over that um, insecurity, right? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, 
the beautiful thing about U.S. politics is that they have to hear from you. Mm-hmm. They do want to hear from you because you are a constituent that is sitting here paying taxes. And as yeah. long as mm-hmm. you're doing that, whether or not you are a citizen or not, whether you have uh, are successful or not, whether you own a business or not, you whether you're a hair braider or a doctor or a lawyer or a student, they want to hear from you. They have to hear from you. Mm-hmm. So rather they work for you, not the other way around. And the sooner we embrace that idea, the more powerful we will be. The thought within the immigrant community of, you know, I have to be careful so that there is no kind of retribution if I'm overly involved. How much of that do you think is as a result of politics within our our respective countries? There are um, instances where there is retribution for kind of speaking up against the wrong person, um, so to speak. Yeah, so I would say if I was to give a percentage I would say it is 50-50 responsible, right? Mm -hmm. Because you will find, especially uh, amongst those who have immigrated here, right, Mm -hmm. or the older set, either one, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that is fresh in their mind is the, the consequence sometimes of dealing with politics back on the continent, right? And depending on what country you're from, certainly is more severe than, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it it could be life or death in some cases. Um, And so that is a big part of it, yes. And that is what I've had to explain often to those who are not African or not immigrants, Mm -hmm. right? And want to understand why, why? We tell them, come and sit and eat, and they still won't come and sit and eat. Why? And I have to explain that. they've been burned. (laughs) They've been burned. Yeah. Uh, then secondly, when I say it's 50-50, I do think that um, the other half is has to do with our mindset. And yeah. it's not limited to politics, right? It's the same mindset that says you go to work, but don't talk too loud. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So we go to that. the corporate sense, right? We go to the corporate world and with the, te- with the, the brightest, we're the most intelligent, we're the most talented. But don't tell them that, oh. Don't talk too loud. Sit there. Be quiet. Right. Mm -hmm. It's the same mentality. And so that's what I mean by the insecurity piece that is unfortunately in our community. We have to be honest about it to get over it. And um, what I often find is easiest when talking to my community is to look try to show um, examples of how other immigrant communities are moving forward. Um, in this uh, in this way, because they took chances, right? So, for example, the Indian Americans. Oh my gosh, they decided to take politics in this country seriously. Now look at them. Look, yeah, I mean, true. they're in the Senate, they're in the House, they're governors. They are excelling across the board, and that is the opportunity that comes into choosing to participate in an active way. Can you talk a little bit about conservatism and the conservative African? Why are you laughing? Because you're shaking your head. The conservative African immigrant and how we tend to kind of lean conservatively um, in this country. I know you mentioned a little bit that you had a little bit of that in your household. So this is a very real thing. And um, I do think it is a little bit generational. I think it's also 
gender influence too, right? So you'll find the average African man, um, despite age, is more is more likely going to lean quote unquote conservative, right? Mm-hmm. For different reasons. Um, one is um, obviously religion, right? Mm-hmm. A religion plays a huge piece um, and no surprise there, right? The impact mm-hmm. of religion and, you know, the Christian missionaries on the continent, how much it is woven into the fabric now of our culture. So whether it is actually Christianity or Islam, either way, right, Mm -hmm. they tend Mm -hmm. to lean more conservative in some issues that has become very much... um, progressive in this country, right? Mm. When it comes to sort of uh, the gay and lesbian issues, when it comes to uh, protecting the church, um, the religious liberty, all that is huge. Uh, And then even uh, pro-life, right? That's a big, big issue. Uh, So that's one strain in our community. And then a second is the fiscal conservatives, right? And those are those who, when they say, well, why are you supporting, why are you Republican? Taxes. That's the first thing they say, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. right? Um, and, and why not, right? If you come from countries that don't have a strong tax system, you've never really seen um, the benefit of it, right? Of paying taxes, right? You don't see the, it, it, it's not... It's not readily present to you. It sounds like a theory. It sounds like, oh, I'm working hard and you're taking my money. Right. And I don't know where it's going. Right. So and then why would you trust that it's going back to you in the form of your roads being fixed or your, you know, um, light pole being fixed when you come from countries where that doesn't work and that's broken? Right. So, again, it's about convincing in a way that um, this is this is this is what it is. Uh, So and then, you know, most of them, a lot of them, small business owners and and whatnot. And um, they don't know how to, quote unquote, game the system like others do. Right. So then they get hit the hardest. Um, They don't know how to they're not going to be eligible for corporate taxes and uh, all this uh, corporate tax credits, I should say. Um, And and so for them, uh, yeah. The taxes sounds like a dirty word. And then thirdly, which is not so prevalent now, but was in the 70s and 80s, is the neoconservatism, which is basically those who just believe in this country have a strong military, right? Um, And came in, there was a significant amount of African immigrants who came in in the 1970s to the lottery visas uh, from certain countries that came in uh, and saw Carter, right? you know, basically in their eyes, flub, you know, um, foreign in, in when it comes to foreign relations. And so that made an impression upon them from early on about which party in their in their minds is strongest on on foreign relations, national security, all that. So those are three, you know, pretty strong strains. But then I would say the younger de- generation, those who are first generation, second generation, third generation now in this country, children of African immigrants tend to lean more progressive um, due to social justice issues, right, primarily. So those are ones who are more inclined to say 
I am Nigerian American. I'm Ghanaian American. I'm American, right? Mm -hmm. And are more exposed to sort of the social justice issues that are prevalent in this country, are aware of the fact that just as simply being a Black person in this country about discrimination and therefore lean more toward uh, political entities that speak to that, that speak to equality and fairness. So it's an interesting thing. It is an interesting thing to see these two sort of trends that come up, you know, that bump against each other. And of course, uh, one end are uh, you, you have one party that speaks to immigration in a different way than another party. Right. So um, I'm, We have not seen the results of this sort of clashing within our own community quite yet. Mm. This election in about a week Mm. could be the very first time (laughs) (laughs) we see it for real, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. Um, You know, what I've been saying to the Biden-Harris campaign, for example, is... Because they're saying, oh, well, you know what? At this point, there are very few undecideds, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, guess who are the undecideds? Guess who the African community lives? Because, mm-hmm. you know, can you tell me how the African community votes? <laughs> Whether or not there's a voting block, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we vote, oh. We vote. We vote. But can you tell me how we vote? That's what I ask them. Can you tell me? Because you can sit here and say, oh, black black people may be democratic, right? You could say, you know, and I'd say black people, I should say African-American, mostly uh, democratic. You could say maybe Hispanic, mostly democratic, except for Cubans who are Republican or this block who are that, whatever. Uh huh. Can you tell me what African voters are? And they couldn't, right? Because, mm-hmm. and I said, that's my point. Neither party has really, truly, up until I would say very recently, I've tried to uh, court the African community in any real way, right? Mm-hmm. So this is exciting because that means we can be the deciding vote, right? Mm-hmm. In many instances. And not only that, we're geographically diverse, where we happen to be in many battleground states, yes. Ohio, yeah, <laughs> Pennsylvania, <laughs> Virginia, Texas. <laughs> if Texas can become battleground, Georgia, yes. we are in battleground states. And can you imagine these these days? Elections are being decided by one percent, two percent, my dears. So yes. can you imagine the power of the African vote and? Um, we have been the most, uh, we have we have taken up the most uh, newly registered voter registrations in the past decade. That is wow. fact. I didn't know that. Wow. Good for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> One million. of mm-hmm. um, like younger people coming of age or older people gaining citizenship or a mix? It's, it's our community gaining citizenship. So they're not even truly tracking younger people yet. So so the number that is out there, one million based off of naturalized citizens, right? Oh. Doesn't even take into account us. The wow. first generation, second generation. generation, those born of African immigrants. So that so you could take that one million and actually double it. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And then you start to see a different picture. And then you realize, oh, my God, we are that undiscovered story. And you're starting to see that with more Africans running for office, too, in this country. I know you um, started a PAC, a Ghana diaspora PAC. Um, talk a little bit about that and start from what exactly a PAC is um, <laughs> and the initiatives you're, you've been involved in. Right. So Ghana Diaspora PAC is a political advocacy organization. Okay. And it has three arms. It has our political action committee, which is what we would consider traditional PAC to be. Um, it has a uh, 501c nonprofit to do charitable community building. And then it has its policy think tank. But let's talk about the political action committee. So a political action committee or a PAC is essentially a political organization that supports candidates for office or candidates in office, right? And what does support mean? Support means obviously uh, raising money. That is the biggest way you could support. Two is mobilizing voters. Uh, and three is supporting candidates um, who represent different issues and areas, right? So Ghana Diaspora PAC, we uh, do all three and we um, support and finance candidates. Now, there, I think the assumption is, oh, who, what kind of candidates are you guys supporting? Um, we are based in Washington, D.C. We're a national organization, um, but we are also in Ghana, right? Um, but obviously, we've been getting a lot more attention as of late regarding our activities in the United States. And we are supporting Ghanaians who are running for elected of office in the United States. But we also do support candidates who uh, have large Ghanaian constituencies who, oh. you know, are aligned with our mission areas. Yeah, so for example, Congressman Gregory Meeks um, mm -hmm. in New York, we're a huge supporter of him uh, just because he's on the House Foreign Relations Committee and mm. he presides over issues that impact us and those of us at home um, in, in on the continent, in Ghana. And so that's very important for us to support an ally mm -hmm. as much as it is to support our own who are running for for Congress uh, or office, sorry. And we are, um, we have endorsed the first Ghanaian-American Democratic nominee for Congress, um, mm -hmm. Kojo Samwa Caesar, running out in Oklahoma. We have um, spent about close to $100,000 on uh, getting him elected, wow. you know, and we thank our, all of our supporters. We thank our donors for that. Uh, we thank Obviously, everyone who has been working hard to to make sure that we make history, to, to have the first Ghanaian American in Congress. And he would also be the first West African in Congress, right? First Sub-Saharan African yeah. in Congress. But it is huge and it just is an indicator of where we have come. We, we, we regularly collaborate with, shout out to the Nigerian American uh, Public Affairs Committee, we actually shadowed, shadowed them for about three years before starting our own uh, wow. pack, and they were really tremendous in supporting us and showing us what they learned and what they did well. 
Um, and I know that they are supporting uh, candidates as well. Um, in total right now, we are supporting two candidates right now for the general election, and that is Kojo that I mentioned, as well as Charlene Eads, who's running for Illinois State House. And uh, yeah, we are we're excited to be able to even try to make a difference in this way and really show our community that you can run and that people will support you and that it is a possible a dream for all of us in this country. That's really awesome. And I really like that last point because I think so much of uh, Nana, Nana and I talk about this sometimes about growing up. Um, as a African immigrant or the children of African immigrants, whatever you want to pick for our tagline, that you do, some things didn't even come to mind because you didn't think it was possible for people like you or for somebody in your community. If it's not something that's stressed or something that's talked about, you really do need to see that modeled sometimes before you mm-hmm. go, oh, me too, I can. <laughs> All right, well, then I guess I can do this as well. Um, so that's awesome. What led you to start the the pack? What pushed you to kind of shadow the Nigerians for those three years and start your own? You know, um, it was a progression. In fact, honestly, I tried to convince a few others to do it. I spent two years trying to convince others because <laughs> I was worried about my own time, you know? And, yeah. Um, but I, I think you guys know that um, I used to work on Capitol Hill. Uh, so haven't had the opportunity of, uh, being around what is possible, right? Mm -hmm. When you're there and, um, you, you, your eyes are opened, it can, it can't be closed after that. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're there and you see like, Oh my God, this is how it works. This is how laws are made. This is how lives are changed. Um, oh, wow. Packs, right? Mm-hmm. Packs uh, are powerful. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I'll never forget. I mean, every, I think everyone knows about APAC, the very powerful Jewish um, lobbying organization. And uh, they have, you know, annual what we call Hill Days, which is when they come to Capitol Hill in force and in mass. Right. Um, to talk to members of Congress. And when I tell you, when they come, the the, the marble on the floors are trembling <laughs> before they arrive. They have a lot of power. They have yeah. a lot of power. Everyone is running around, getting yeah. prepared for this, right? Um, and when you see them, and then you meet them, it's, hey, um, Ebenezer, uh, you know, whatever, from somewhere in New Jersey, wearing a t-shirt, you know, he might be 64 years old and he's coming with his cane and he has APAC emblazoned on his shirt and he's saying to you what matters to him in his town in New Jersey, his, his community in New Jersey, his church, you know, the community center. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about real issues, right? Mm-hmm. So you hear about this powerful lobby, but then at the end of the day, they are representing people, right? Yeah. Um, and then it, it starts to take away from sort of, uh, I would say, the the perceptions that you might have of of the system and how these organizations work, right? And you yeah. realize that anyone can start a pack, right? 
and that anyone can have their interests represented. Of course, you know, people look at all this and they say, this is dirty politics. They say this is special interest groups. This is <laughs> da, 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 da. At the end of the day, it's not different from the nurses back at home deciding to strike because they're tired of their pay, That's right? Yeah. Yeah. And they mobilize amongst each other and they strike. The, the difference is that they don't wait for things, I mean, here, right? They don't wait for things to be so bad to yeah. strike and then they're impacting their own uh, <laughs> livelihoods and everything, right? Uh-huh. It's been six months since they've been paid and now <laughs> yes. people are ready to riot, yeah. And they don't wait until it is election time to uh-huh. then try to mm-hmm. say something, okay? And that is what we are used to at home. Mm-hmm. And that is what we do here, is that we wait till election time and then we put our name, Kojo Wateng, at the ballot box <laughs> is going to vote against this because he said something I didn't like last week. Oh! But I don't like how he did. So I'm going to vote against him. Okay, you are one vote. Mm -hmm. You are one vote. Okay. When we organize amongst ourselves and we say we're going to vote in mass, you know, power in numbers, Mm -hmm. it's a different thing. And that is what these political organizations do. That's what a PAC does. Mm -hmm. And ultimately... I decided that, you know, it wasn't enough for me, Ajwa, to be sitting here and walking around in these marble floors with my heels, feeling fine, fine. Oh, I've, I've made it. Uh-huh. If I go ho- back to my community and we're still arguing in our armchairs about the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I can over. be, oh yeah, over and over. And I can be Miss Know-It-All. But don't you know? Going back to my childhood, don't you know that they're doing this? Don't you know that they're doing that? Doesn't matter if we are not organizing ourselves to impact that, right? So I said, you know what? I'm going to bring the rest of my Ghana flow. I'm going to bring our Jalof, our Banku, and this, and come to this Capitol Hill, right? Mm-hmm. Just like Ebenezer did with his red APAC shirt on, we're going to have black Ghana diaspora pack shirts on, and they're going to know our presence. And the marble is going to tremble at some point, like yes. it trembles for an APAC, right? And they yeah. will hear us. And so, you know, um, but this is really, we're at the beginning, uh, and uh, I really have to just shout out to the entire executive council who uh, have been so far, it's only been a few months that they've formed and, um, and yet they work so hard. Everyone at this point is volunteering right now mm-hmm. um, until we can pay, which, you know, uh, we want to do, you know, very soon because this takes a lot of work, you know? Yeah. And so I think we have about uh, 23 people on our executive council. Wow. Um, we have, I want to shout out our donor council. I want to shout out our leadership council, our founding council and our board of advisors so far. Um, because yes, it takes a lot, um, to raise a village. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that is what we're doing here. How does, how does one get involved? Um, 
kind of whether they want to donate or get involved in actually helping. And are these full time positions, or can can you donate about two hours of your time here and and there? Yes. Well, I like to say if you're doing more than you know fifteen hours in a month, you are getting some uh, my um, special contumely. Um, delivered to you. Okay. Listen, um, of course, the first thing they should do is go to GhanaDiasporaPack.org. Um, there are a number of ways to get involved. You can be the one that's on the phone with me every day, or you can just donate a few hours of your time in a month, right? Um, and so we have different committees and teams. And for example, we have the PAC USA team. So those are those who are interested in um, political activities in the United States. So whether, you know, we will have a chapter in Massachusetts. Uh, we will have a chapter in Houston, actually, um, and by next year. And so if you if you're like the big, you know, someone called me the other day. Like, Ajwa, you need to know about this person in Worcester. He's like the big nana here. I'm like, oh, really? Got the big nana. Huge Ghanaian contingent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty big out there. Uh, <laughs> I said, please get that big nana. To join the pack, okay? Because you can be a leader that you already are, and yeah. a lot of us are already leaders, right? In our churches and our Santeman Association, or and our uh, old students pupil association, yes. or whatever it is, <laughs> and you can make that into something that contributes to the pack as well, right? So you can also become a chief organizer in your community, right? So another person called me the other day and said, oh, Adra, you know, in Houston, um, we're interested in having a community center for Ghanaians. And, you know, we know the mayor, we know the city councilman, he <laughs> comes and they talk to us and all this. And I'm like, well, then you should know what money they have to give to you for your community center, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Because there's always money in the city budget, okay? There's always money in the <laughs> county budget. And it's just about identifying what it is and advocating for it. And so that is what we do as well, a Ghana Diaspora PAC. So it, it, even if, you, if folks are not interested in national politics, right, or who is sitting in Congress, if they just care about their community, they can be involved because what we do is we we find the solutions to the issues that we are facing in our community through policy. That is what we do, right? And so we have very talented people, a lot of Capitol Hill veterans, lobbyists, who know how to do the system like these Obroni do, okay? <laughs> and say, okay, guess what, my dears? There's a fund that is million dollars unfunded that you, you're group can be eligible for you as Ghanaians. You're eligible for it. We're worthy. We are here. Mm-hmm. We've paid into that money as paying into our taxes. It is owed to us, right? And we have yeah. to get past this mentality that it's not that we have to do everything on our own and struggle. No, we do not. Mm-hmm. Yep, other groups don't. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So the first thing they should do is go to ganadasperpack.org. They can email us at 
uh, info at ghanadiasporapack.org or let me just give you our Gmail, ghanadiasporapack at gmail.com if you want to be friendly. You know, they can follow us on our socials, Instagram, Ghana Diaspora Pack, um, Twitter, GH Pack, and Facebook, Ghana Diaspora Pack. And we're constantly doing recruiting. We're doing a recruiting call on Tuesday, actually, for our pack and for our, or our civic action team. Uh, and, yeah, if, you're, if you care about any kind of issues, um, including education, you know, health, Whatever it is, we we are active. We just actually issued a, um, uh, I think we just put out a statement about the HEROES Act, uh, mm. which is basically coronavirus relief mm-hmm. for frontline workers, essential workers, Americans in general, right? Mm. So if you're driving an Uber and a Lyft and you really enjoyed and needed that um, unemployment money, right, that wasn't previously available to you because you're a gig worker, we are advocating right now for Congress to act to bring that back, right? Uh, we just submitted a letter to the Department of Homeland Security uh, regarding, I don't know if you know, no, but there was a proposal to basically uh, not allow Ghanaians, Nigerians, all kinds of um, um, immigrants from African countries to be able to apply for two-year student visas. Yeah. So we put uh, we submitted a letter to the Department of Homeland Security saying that that's not acceptable, that this proposal is misinformed, ill-informed, and uh, should not should not go through, right? And we did it through their official federal register, so they get will get oh, it. Very good, yes. Right. <laughs> Directly responded to it. Very Directly good. responded to it, so it's there, you know. And that is how we have to become more engaged. It's yes. not enough to just be engaged in our own communities. We have to be engaged in the country that we are living in. Well, thank you for mobilizing people and going in as a force (laughs) rather than, you know, those, that one voice or two voices where it doesn't really make an an impact. Wow. Okay. Are you, are you all also doing any sort of um, get out the vote uh, initiatives during, you know, this last week, any pushes um, to get people out to vote? Yes. Thank you for so much for asking that. So yesterday was National Early Vote Day. Mm-hmm. Um, we have launched Campaign 1957, which is an ode to what we feel is just in our bones already, which is we are activists as a people, mm-hmm. right? I think I alluded to that in this conversation yeah. so far, where we come from. And if we need reminders, we just have to look at some of the historical figures in our own community about how they, you know, said enough is enough and uh, made their voice heard by fighting against colonialism. Right. So we're, 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 we're calling upon that, that spirit to say campaign 1957 is our uh, voter education, get out the vote effort. Um, We are partners, national partners with Michelle Obama's when we all vote um, and it was just amazing to even just become a partner with them, right? Mm-hmm. To be recognized. Yeah. They were like, yeah, and that just tells you that they care about reaching out to our community, right? Yeah. Um, that they said, yes, we want Ghanaians. We want Ghanaians to vote. So they, uh, we are partners with them. And uh, for National Early Vote Day, um, we've been talking about, about early voting. Um, 
And and the reason why we're really stressing that is because of voter suppression efforts <laughs> that are happening. And we know are already starting to t- target African immigrants. Okay. Um, there was, it has already been recently exposed that some voter suppression efforts were targeting Cameroonian immigrants. I forget, mm-hmm. I forget which state. Uh, and you thought, what? Cameroonian? What? Why? Well, you Why? would think, no, no, no. And hmm. that just tells you every vote matters. Yeah. Every vote matters. So they're doing it. So that means they're looking at the data. Mm. Okay. They know. So then they, they know. know. Yep. <laughs> that if the Cameroonians come out, wow. they're not coming out for them. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so we know voter suppression is very real. And unfortunately, because our, we Africans, we love our WhatsApp. Right, oh. and we, we 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 consume it, you know, night and day, day and night, oh. you know, and we believe all these things we're reading on the WhatsApp. Unfortunately, they know yes. that too, <laughs> you know. Come on, auntie, uncle. No, before it is right. They won't even click on the link to know if it's a true website. No, mm-hmm. oh, they will say, oh, so so. Uncle said, send me this thing the other day. That says that. Oh, ah, what? So, um, misinformation is very real. Voter suppression is very very real. And um, we know that you know we live in areas where they're going to be playing funny games with polling places, mm-hmm. um, moving polling places at the last minute, restricting polling places. You know, having people at polling places that are there to give you the wrong information. Um, And even though there's a lot of uh, efforts right now fighting against this, we ourselves also have to do our due diligence to Mm -hmm. um, vote early. Right. And take advantage of that and not wait till November 3rd. I am begging everyone in our community not to wait till November 3rd because it's going to be a mess. It's going to be Wahala on that day. <laughs> so please vote early. And that is what we're talking about at Ghana's Diaspora Pack. That's what we're pushing through all our all of our channels. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Thank you for joining us um, today and for all of the information you provided. Very, 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 very informative. Very useful. And it's really good to, I think one of the things that stand out the most is just this idea of the pack and ongoing political organization. So I think for a lot of Africans who we don't know, we know how to talk at Thanksgiving, you know, yeah, how, right, how to pontificate, or maybe we know how to, like you said, we know how to organize in our own communities and how to lead things. But sometimes the whole structure is a black box. And also thank you for the call out to vote. I was filling out my ballot uh, before this interview. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll make sure to fill it and uh, mail it out so it's all, all good. I already got the tracking on it and everything. So. Exactly. I was just going to say you could track it so you don't have to wait. Oh, they won't get it. No, they will get it. Mm-hmm. And you can track it as well. And yes, you know, I've, I'm always grateful to talk about Ghana Diaspora Pack and encourage people to participate. Um, but I also, you know, we are, it's not just us, it's not just Ghanaians. Um, we are part of a, a, a coalition of other African um, politicos, if you will, called One Voice Africa. And um, it involves the, Ni- the Niger, it involves um, the Congolese, you know. So um, we're here, we, we, we day, you know, <laughs> and... Um, you know, just as you're seeing that African voters are rising, right? The number of African voters are rising. Uh, the number of those 
African candidates are rising. The number of African elected officials are rising. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this is a movement that is happening. And, you know, what I'll say to everyone is get connected and hop on the train. <laughs> Um, all right. Thank you so much, Ajoa. Thanks for joining no us. No problem. Thank you. I enjoy chatting with you all. And I'm Why? so glad I you know, support your podcast. And I, I'll be subscribing and listening in. We have another fan, Bunkio. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's our show for today. Like what you heard? I have an idea on a topic you'd like African.American to discuss? Let us know. You can email us at African.American spelled out. African.American at gmail.com. See you later. Yeah.